Hey, can we show some love and honor? You guys stay right here. Chloe, don't you move. Hey, can we show some honor today? Seth over here on drums. This is Brian. Everybody say, hey, Brian. This is Chloe. Chloe's going to be signing autographs out in the atrium today. Just kidding. No, this is my man, Ray Johnson. And I'm telling you, listen, the glue that holds it all together, Mr. Jimmy Hinojosa. Love you, buddy. Oh, hey, you're awesome. I just dropped my Bible. That's how awesome you are. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've got an invitation to Christmas in the city if anybody's looking for Christmas is coming, and we'd like to invite you to join us on the square for, what is this all about? It's nice, though. How many of you were there? A round of applause. You were at Christmas in the city. Awesome. There's my notes from Christmas in the city. Kids were hoping for Christmas. Kid from Maryland. Lifetime supply of Tostito chips is what I said. Four-year-old from Wisconsin was wishing for a roll of scotch tape. A four-year-old from Illinois was praying for Windex. Kids hoping for Christmas. A young man in Connecticut. I want a real live unicorn. This is, listen, this is big research, guys. A 10-year-old from California. A gondola. that for Christmas. I like this one. A nine-year-old from Maryland. A heated toilet seat. That's what they were asking for Christmas. And let me just remind us what kids from Texas wanted from Christmas this year. For Walker, Texas Ranger to run for president. (laughs) Can we even write that in? Can you write that in? What would happen? Kids from Texas want Big Red for Christmas. Come on. Okay, y'all can't handle today. If you, come on. Round of applause if you understand Big Red. Kids from Texas... This is no joke. Kids from Texas wanted the Cowboys to win a playoff game. It's right there. It is right there. Come on. We need to have an altar call right now. Some of y'all hurting right there. Sorry, Kendra. Kids from Texas wanted us to remember the Alamo. I love that. Hey, look. Okay. To those of you that are guests right now and going, is this even a church? Come on. It's okay to laugh and have fun. And we're just, we like to keep it real here at 1910. And and here's the deal. I, I, I want to just, a lot of times the things that I preach on and things I speak about are, are where I'm at and what God is reminding me of that I need in my life. And so we're going to keep it real. There's a good chance you might hear a word that you don't use in your home. I apologize for that in advance. That's why we have a delay on our recording. And uh, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But, but we just want to keep it real. Here's the deal. We all need this, do we not? We all are hurting. We all are hope. And and a lot of us are still searching and we just need some guidance and direction. So I want you to know today that, that you're in a, in a room. This is a room of misfit toys today that we all have some things about us that are broken, flawed, and jacked up, right? How many of you know that the person you rode to church with is jacked up and needs Jesus? Thank you. Right. I mean, these guys, they're throwing elbows at each other down here even. So, so today I hope that you're ready to receive a word from the Lord and and, um, but it's, it's good. It, it was the year 1519 and no, Randy Graybill wasn't born then. Today is his birthday. He's 70 today. His, his wife just put, actually, Randy told me this story. He remembers it because it came across the news line and the year 1519, Randy articulated this story to me, but in 1519, Hernando Cortez left Cuba and sailed towards the coast of Mexico and he landed on the Yucatan 
Peninsula there, near what we would know as Veracruz. Hernando Cortez had been sent by the king of Spain to go, and, and he had heard of these riches uh, of a leader by the name of Montezuma that he possessed there in Mexico. And so Cortez loaded up on 11 ships. He had 500 military men with him and 100 sailors, and they landed on the coast of Mexico in the year 1519. What Cortez understood and knew and what his men soon began to understand was that their mission was a formidable one. Their enemy severely outnumbered him. In fact, they said that there were about 5 million indigenous people that lived there in Mexico. 5 million people stood in the way between this team of 600 and their mission that their king had sent them to do. I'm no mathematician, but I Googled it in research, and the odds were 5,741 to 1. It was a daunting task. In fact, there had been two others that had been sent years before Cortez to, to do the same thing, only to fail and to lose their lives. He knew, he knew that the challenge before them was great. But it's interesting to me, and for those of you that are history buffs, and some of you are going, oh, this is just folklore. This isn't a real story. It's not for me to determine, but I love the story, and I'm going to share it with you today. We know that in two years, a group of 600 overcame the 5 million, and they overtook Montezuma, and his riches became the possession of Spain. Cortez went on to dominate and control a lot of that region of the world and was, well, we're still talking about him today. What was it this time? What, what was it about Cortez? I mean, the numbers, the odds are not in his favor. You thought the craps table in Vegas was hard? This was a daunting task. What was it about the third time? Third time's the charm, right? What did Cortez do to inspire his men to such a victory? But what helped them overcome this great Aztec empire? Well, the story's told that Cortez did something that was maybe a little unconventional in the military world. The story's told that after Cortez and his men unloaded those 11 ships and after they, they got all the provisions off and were standing there, Cortez could see that his men may be dazed and confused, maybe worn out and tired from the long sail, maybe understanding now where are we at. This doesn't look normal to us. It looks daunting. He knew that many of them would probably wish to be back home with their families to go back to a way of living that they were comfortable with, to retreat and move back to something that, where there was safety, where, 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 where they could control the situation. And so story tells us that Cortez did something that just doesn't make sense. As Cortez stood there in Veracruz on the eastern shores of Mexico, he gave three words, a command, burn the ships, burn the ships. And I can't imagine what his men thought when they turned around and looked to see those 11 vessels that had brought them to this place. 
but those 11 vessels that would also be their Uber back home, what they must have thought seeing those ships go up in flames with nothing but a vast ocean behind it. Burn the ships. What's he thinking? Why would the one who brought us to this, this point, why would he do that? Well, because here's the message I think Cortez wanted to instill in the minds of his men. It was a message that he had already embraced. It was something that he was prepared to do. You see, Cortez understood this and he wanted his men to know this. This was all or nothing. This was a 100% commitment. No turning back. For those of you that think about maybe bailing out on the mission instead of moving forward and, and want to go back, I want you to know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with that. There is no turning back. It is fight or die. There is only one direction for us to go. We've been given orders. We've been called to a task. And there is only one direction for us, and that is forward. No retreat. I'm going to help you guys with that one. So go and get it out of your mind. I'm sure he loved the smell of burning timber. But for those men, they now had a choice to make. Wow. Swim back <laughs> or move forward. And some of you are going, bro, that's ruthless leadership right there. It's interesting that Cortez did say, I want you guys to know that I believe that we're going to accomplish what we've been sent to do. In fact, we will make it back home. We will sell back with all of the riches that we're about to uncover. And check this out. We're going to sell back in our enemy's very own ships. You talk about rubbing somebody's face in it. I mean, that's not like winning a victory. That's like rubbing their face into it. I got your, this SS Minnow. I mean, this is a armada. Talk about a Spanish armada. Wow. We're going to go back in your, our enemy's very own ships. Have you ever set out to do something that was a great idea? You had good intentions. How many of you made a resolution maybe just three to four weeks ago? And, and, or or there's, there's something about life that you wish were a little bit different. There was a change you knew that, that you needed to make. I, I don't know how to take this comment, but I, I just met a gentleman. This is his first time back in this building. After about eight or nine years, they moved off and they moved back. And, 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 and I'm like, man, I didn't recognize you. He said, yeah, because I lost a lot of weight. And he said, and it looks like you found it. I mean, I wanted to slap somebody in the name of Jesus right there. But have you ever set out to make a change? You desire to see something shift in your life. You, you wanted a different outcome. And, and maybe you set out with good intentions. Man, I'm going to load this ship. Yeah, I want to go and conquer the new world. Yeah, I, man, all those riches that I've, absolutely, I'm in for. Only to find when you face a little bump in the road, a, a hiccup or a little, little setback only to find yourself, okay, and I'm going to retreat and I'm going to go back to my old way of living just seems okay. It's fine. 
I'm going to retreat back to the ship. I'm going to hang out there. Listen, I had good intentions, but, but I don't want to put in the time, the effort, or the energy now. And so what happens to so many of us, by the way, how are you doing with those resolutions? You still a member of the gym membership that you purchased? Not to mention any names, but somebody in my household wanted to buy one of those free Peloton bikes that they were offering for us to work out. Luckily, the Lord spoke to me as a spiritual leader in the home and said, "Uh uh-uh. We didn't do that. Probably should have after the comment from the guests this morning that they made. If you're a first-time guest, please come see me afterwards, but try to build my ego up a little bit, you know? Don't, don't share those things that are demoralizing. But, but so many of us are like that, are we not? We want to change. We want to see life be different. But yet what happens, so we start out with good intentions only to return back to what we know, what's comfortable, what we know has worked in the past. Listen, here's what you need to know about 1910 Church. We believe that there is more in 24 for you. We believe that God's not finished. We believe that there is new, greater, better, gooder, whatever you want to say. We believe there's more for you. But here's the deal. In order for you to step into the better, in order for you to step into the more, in order for you to go to the next level in life, check this out. You must cut off all avenues to your old ways of doing things. And that's what separates the ordinary from the extraordinary. Because so many of us desire change. We want to see a shift in our business. We want to see a shift in our academics. We want to see our marriage flourish and go the next level. Or we want our relationships to strengthen. Or we actually do want to shoot par. But we're not willing to break off some of the old habits. And so I just want to encourage you today. I'm glad you're here. Don't leave because I will see you and that will hurt me. But over the next few weeks, we're going to begin to unpack some things that might be some ships in your life that you need to burn. Maybe some past failures. Maybe some shame. Some old habits. Hey, for some of us, check this out. There might be some relationships that you need to break off. They seem good, they seem pleasant, but they might just be holding you back from the more in 24. In fact, I love this passage of scripture in the book of Isaiah. Can you say Isaiah? It's in the Old Testament. By the way, how many of you are reading God's word each and every day? Let me hear you clap. You don't regret it, do you? You don't regret it, I'm telling you. Listen, I love this word that God gave to the exiles of Israel. They're living under Babylonian captivity at this point. And in 43 of Isaiah verses 18 and 19, God says, I want you to forget everything. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something. What did he say? What is it? I'm doing something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now listen, it's probably safe for me to say that there might have been some of these exiles that, that, that received this or heard this word say, you know what? I don't need to go back. I'm okay. My finances are good. I've got friends, got a job, the politics here. They're not so bad. I'm okay. You know, what do you mean you're going to do something new? What do you mean you're going to take us back? I'm okay, God. 
just while there were others that were like, bro, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready right now. I'm, I'm, I'm boarding the ship. Let's go to this new land that you have for us, right? Listen, I don't know where you're at today. For some of us, we're already there and things are good, right? Things are good for you. But I want you to know that God's not finished and there, I believe, is even more. There's another level for you. For some of you, you feel like, man, I can't go any further down. The only way is up, right? And I want you to know that no matter what you're facing right now in this moment, that God's got something better in store for you as well. There is more for you also in 24. You see, I believe that God takes wherever we're at in life and as good or as bad as we think it may be, I want you to remember, God says, I'm doing something new. There is more for you. You think it's good or you think it's bad, but I'm just telling you, I've got something more. We just saying, great are you, Lord? He's got great things for all of us. The question is, will you be willing to burn some ships? In order for you to step into that next, you've got to burn some ships. When we use that phrase, burn the ships, and in the story, I think of the word commitment. And I looked up that word commitment in the Cambridge Dictionary, and it says this. It's a promise or a firm decision to do something. It's a willingness to give your time and energy to a job, an activity, or something that you believe in. Every one of us in this room are committed to something. We all believe in something. We believe in someone. We have a dream, a vision. A lot of us are committed to something. I'm committed to buffets. You can tell. I'm working on that one. We're fasting, are we not? Come on, somebody. We were in a 24-day fast through the end of the month, right? I had a friend come in from out of town this week. He said, hey, let's meet. And he, he wanted to go to one of my favorite restaurants. I'm telling you, Derek, well, bro, I'm like, God, are you sure? Is it, is it still January? Is it February yet? Because fasting requires some discipline, does it not? But I made a commitment to that. And it's hard sometimes, is it not? Even though you love something, even though you're committed to working out, losing weight, feeling great, you submitted, you, you bought into to Marie Osmond and Nutrisystem. You bought into the Ozempic shot in the gut. You're, you're bought into that stuff. You're losing weight and feeling great. Or hey, you set out with a new business venture. You, you're an entrepreneur. You have soaked in Shark Tank and you've got the next best whatever, right? But what about your marriage? What about your family? We all want to see those things in our lives change and go to the next level. But I'm telling you, it's going to require what Cortez had standing on the eastern shore of Mexico. We've got to have commitment. That's why so many people have already fallen off the resolution train. Three weeks into it, we forget that. It started out with the fast and the pastor called us to it. But man, I'm telling you, it is football season. You can't watch football without chip and dip. Or what's good at my house, the chicharrones y guacamole. Mm. And some big red. I mean, it's just, it just, it's better that way, right? It's better that way. You know the way to pastor's heart, by the way. I'm just trying to drop some hints there. Guys, we're going to have to be committed. And this more that God has for you is going to require you to be committed as well. Because if you're not, check this out. As much as you love something and think it's a great idea, what separates 
Extraordinary from ordinary is that word. Will you be committed to it? We find some, care, we find some, some words throughout scripture that I believe are character traits that, that God wants to see us develop in our lives when we see this word commitment. You think of dedication. You think of the word steadfastness. We read that in scripture. You, 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 you find a, a words like dependable and you find words about commitment and, and long suffering and perseverance. We, we read all those things throughout scripture. And I'm telling you, for you to step into your more, for you to, to go from ordinary to extraordinary, it's going to require commitment. And I want you to know that total commitment means sacrifice. What are you willing to give up to see your business go the next level? What are you willing to give up to see your marriage go from here to here? What are you willing to give up to see your relationships flourish and strengthen? What are you willing to give up to see the physical changes take place? I can't just think about, man, if I just look at that piece of gym equipment, if I just look at that Peloton bicycle that I paid a squillion dollars for, surely the positive vibes are gonna shrink me. No, you know that total commitment requires sacrifice. That's what Cortez wanted his men to see. We're here. We're here, guys. And I'm asking you to go all in. Listen, those three words are what's, what it's going to take for you to receive the more in 24 you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice. You're committed, but you're going to have to make sacrifices. It's interesting to me that Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, this is not on the screen, just trust me. Jesus says, whoever comes after me must deny himself, take up his, how often? Daily. And follow me. We read this week in our one-year Bible, that passage where, where Jesus says, whoever puts his hand to the plow doesn't need to look back. You got to forget your father and your mother and your brother and sister. Hey, Jesus is not anti-family. That's not what he's talking about there. But what he's saying is, listen, you need to count the cost if you're going to follow me. Because some of you, your heads are going to come back on platters. For some of you, you're not going to know where your next meal comes from. He's talking to his disciples. Uh, None of us probably ever stand the chance of our head being lopped off and taken back to the king's wife. How disgusting is that? I think we read that today, didn't we, John the Baptist? Yeah. But we might have to endure something if we're all in in following the Lord. Are you? Are you all in? Are, are, are you willing to, to, to t- take some risk for the kingdom of God? Hey, listen, if I want my marriage to flourish, if I want to see it go to the next level this year, I got to be willing to try something new. And by the way, dudes, listen, Valentine's is coming up. I'm trying to help you out. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks, but just, I'm just putting it out there. Putting it out there, okay? So be thinking. Be thinking that. Um, but if I want to go to the next level in my relationships, or if I want to be a, an athlete that goes to the next level, come on. Listen, you, you, you put in the work. If, if, if I, if, if I want to be a better, if I want to learn a language, I, I'm going to work hard and put in the effort there. If I, if I want to get fit, I'm going to push myself away from, from that crap that I love to eat all the time. 
I do think chicharrones have some sort of redeeming value, though. Do they, do they not? If you're from, hey, if you're from Louisiana, we're talking cracklings. We're talking in that brown paper sack that where the oil is just coming out of it. You know what I'm talking about. You know those types of cracklings you get when you pull into the, to the, to the little gas station where they don't even have a logo on the front, and you get gas, but then you come out with them. cracklings. Fried pig fat. Hallelujah. Okay, I digress. I'm sorry. I digress. What am I talking about? You got to be willing to take some risk in life. But here's what I know. That anything that comes to my relationship with heaven, anything that God calls me to, and I think it's the same thing that Cortez was trying to burn in the minds of his men, that if you'll take a serious risk with me, it will lead to some serious opportunities. Come on, listen, you've heard this before. There is nothing in life that is of worth that comes easily. You see, a lot of us just feel like, man, if I just eat the meals, I'm gonna look like Marie Osmond or whoever, right? Or if, if I just, if I study more or if I just, you know, hey, Steve Jobs was committed to something. I'm gonna put a computer in everybody's home. Doesn't make sense. What's a computer? You know, now whose house is big enough? The first ones are probably this size. I don't know. What was it, Charles? Pretty close. They were mammoth, right? But they were committed to it. They took a risk. Risks don't always make sense. You remember Indiana Jones when he's trying to get the grail and he takes that step of faith. There's, and all of a sudden the walkway forms in front of him. What might happen in your faith journey if you began to step out and take some more risk for the kingdom. I'm telling you, there's some serious opportunities that await you. Cortez knew it, and I want you to know that heaven has more for you. You can choose to play it safe and remain ordinary, or you can choose to burn some ships to step out in faith, take some risk. And I'm telling you, there is a plethora. I don't know what that means. I just think it means a lot of opportunities that await you. And can I just remind you of something? I, I think God wants you to have those serious opportunities. Listen, I think it's God's desire that you have more. Now listen, stop the bus. I'm not talking about fatter wallets and bigger bank accounts because a lot of times we think that the blessings of God means money, money, money. Uh-uh. For some of us, it might just be peace of mind. Some of you worry way too much. Come on, who am I talking to? Get your hand up. Let's see. Don't be ashamed of that. You worry. It's okay. You worry. Everybody else is just lying about it because they do too. We worry. You worry, don't you, Aiden? We worry. Anybody ever afraid of anything? Come on. Hey, anybody have bad dreams last night? Let me see that. Is there some things that torture you at night? Listen, God's got more. God wants to see you overcome all of that. Those things are not of him. He wants to bless you. But for some of us, that blessed life is just removing some of those things we carry around like that. Uh, let me just remind you what Jesus says. They're written in red in my Bible. So who said it? Why didn't they choose like aqua or fuchsia? I don't know, but it's red. 
Blood, reminds me of the blood of Jesus, right? John 10, verse 10, Jesus says this. There's a thief and his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Those sound fun? Anybody want to sign up for that? Lop my head off. Hey, come on, just take whatever you want. Steal, hey, just destroy me, decimate me. No, there's a thief. His name is Satan, the devil, the enemy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Those things that are harmful in your life, listen, they're not from God. He is the giver of good things. In fact, listen to what Jesus says. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But listen to what Jesus says. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My friend, as you consider burning ships, and as you consider stepping out and taking some risk, can I just tell you something? Jesus is worth the risk. He's worth it. In fact, some of you, one person believes what I just said. How many of you know I've given my life to Jesus and I do not regret that decision? Get your hands up. Let me see you. Come on, somebody. I don't regret that decision one iota. I've never met somebody. They said, you know what? I surrendered my life fully to Jesus Christ. I let him come in and take over and I regret it. Now, I've never met that person. And just because I say yes to Jesus and let him come in and take over, that doesn't mean that life always goes the way that I want it to either. But I'm gonna have to go back to Isaiah 43, 19 and believe that he's doing something new. And what I see in the mirror is fading. He sees the big picture. He sees my future. He sees my destiny. He sees my eternity. Listen, I prayed, a, I prayed God's promise and blessing over you. You didn't catch it. But he calls us a masterpiece. And it says that he's created wonderful works for you and I to do. Jesus is worth the risk. And he's continuing to offer himself to us. But so many of us are like, I don't know. I'm going to just, I'm going to hang out back here. I'm just going to stay in the boat. I'm just going to sit here. I, 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 I don't think, I don't think, if, if I say yes to Jesus, Brian, I got to sell everything and I'm gonna live in a hut in Africa. Jimmy, if I say yes to Jesus, check this out. All those people that liked me on social media because they thumbs up, Jimmy, you know that's not real, right? Because you know that a thumbs up today is a thumbs down on your life tomorrow, right? But if I say yes to Jesus, Jimmy, I'm not the life of the party anymore. No one's gonna wanna hang out with me. Hey, Seth, if, if I say yes to Jesus, man, then, then I can't have nice things in life. Seth, can you hear me back there? I, I can't say, I, I can't have nice things in life, Seth, because I got to give everything to the Lord. And those are things that the enemy wants us to think about, right? Hey, if, if I say yes to Jesus, hey, students, I'm not going to be voted Mr. or Mrs. fill in the blank high school you attend. I'll never be, you know, a starter. I'll never be the lead. If I say yes to Jesus, I'm walking around and 
heap an ashcloth. I just don't think that that's what a life fully surrendered to Jesus looks like. And when I read scripture, it's quite the opposite. Here's what I know. And for those of you that have said yes, yes to Jesus, no. You know that when you do things his way, life is, works better, does it not? It works better. But when we choose not to do it his way, or when we choose to, to step out, I think I'm smart enough. I think I got this one. That's when we crash and burn. Jesus, my friend, is worth the risk. And so I want to ask you a question today before we, we are going to sing a song and head out. I want to sing this song. Are you fully committed to God? Are you willing on this 21st day of the 2024 20, year, will you be willing to step out and not retreat and go back to an old way of living? Will you step into a new that heaven is calling you to? Will you embrace it? Jesus is worth the risk. Will you be fully committed to him? Even when the winds of life start to blow, the rain's going to fall. It's going to start if it hasn't already started. It's coming. Praise God for that. Come on, somebody. Come on. We gripe about cold weather. We gripe about hot weather. Quit that. Let me just remind you what it says in Revelation. I wish you were hot or cold, not in the middle. Being in the middle, you come on. Okay. Different story. Different scenario. But he but life's going to come at us. And Jesus as the captain, Jesus as our leader, Jesus as the one navigating, I'm telling you, is your better. That's your better. The more in 24 will come as you take a risk for Jesus. Would you stand with us today? Today, I want us just to prepare our hearts as we sing a song that talks about surrendering ourselves to the Lord and giving him everything. Father, you're worth it, and I pray that today your people would understand that what you call us to is our best life. In Jesus' name, amen.